Alright. In three, two, one. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. This is just gonna have to be the start of the episode. This is just Cheese that's got it stuck in my throat. Hello. You've reached Hoop and Holler. A square one podcast on basketball and other shenanigans. Danny Green, I'm mad at Danny Green. I just want to thank everybody that's been in my corner during this time. With Reagan Griffin Jr. Reagan, you're the best, man. I'm the clamp guy. I am the Giannis Antetokounmpo Whoa. of Lion Center. Eddie Sun. Probably won't get hired by, you know, ESPN anytime soon. Because <laughs> we all got that clutch connection. And Julio Martinez. On uh, Giannis and the Bucks, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. Please clap. It comes from at underscore underscore uh, Kalu2 on Twitter. Bro, the fact that you knew there were two underscores before the to at underscore underscore Kalu, he knows your that, Twitter. That means I'm tweeting it too much. But at, when it boils down, like, that's what we're here for is the yeah. basketball. What's up, y'all? It's Hooper Holler. Julio's like dying over there. I guess he got cheeses in his throat or something, but you already know what it is, man. Another week, another podcast, but not any regular podcast because the NBA season 2020-2021 is officially, after an ordeal of events, over with the Milwaukee Bucks being crowned as your NBA champions. And Giannis Antetokounmpo, my boy, Eddie, you remember when I told you Giannis Antetokounmpo was like my favorite player in the NBA? It used to be. Right, until he got like too mainstream, where it was like, okay, everybody likes Giannis now, or everybody hates Giannis. But he was just too, he was too good for me to say he was my favorite player. Like, no one wants the top five, top three player as your favorite player, but it really warmed my heart to see that man get a chip, man. No, I, I do remember until you until you claim John Moran. Until I claim Ja. Until Ja becomes a top three player, then I'll have to find somebody else. I like underdogs, man. I like underdogs. But, yep. Season wraps, NBA Finals, Game 6. What were y'all's thoughts on the Finals as a whole, takeaways from the entire season? Well, why don't we just start with the Finals specifically? Takeaways from that series and the way that Giannis closed it out, 50-piece, 50, 50 – y'all, y'all take it away because I'm going to keep on talking if I – I mean, it was, it was incredible. Um, I'm so glad. We've all echoed this throughout the past episode, a few episodes, that we really just wished that, you know, it wasn't going to be a sweep. And not that we expected one, but after the first two games, it was like, God damn it, it's going to be a boring-ass series. Um, but, it, you know, even though it, it, Milwaukee won four straight, it every single game, I feel like, lived up to the hype, um, at, at least our expectations for it. And, I, I again, I picked the Phoenix Suns to – I thought it was almost impossible for the, for the Bucks to win the series. I picked the Suns. Milwaukee obviously wins, and Giannis's last game, I mean, he really showed everyone he that I, I don't really know how to explain it, how you can be clutch in your own way, and that's, to me, the, the biggest sign of that was his free throws all throughout that one, throughout mm-hmm. that game, because the cl- clutch moments don't always have to come last two minutes, last five seconds. It can be throughout the duration of a game, of a crucial, crucial game, and to play your best game of your career in the biggest game of your career, um, and perhaps the greatest game maybe some of us have ever seen. I I mean, it it was really, really crazy to see. In his own lane, and that's something the the switch I think Giannis has made 
in his transition to be where you know he is at now and that's just pounding on and exemplifying his strengths and kind of ignoring his weaknesses but really just highlighting those strengths and only focusing on those um and you know reagan and eddie specifically you guys have mentioned how how much he's improved on decision making his ability to pass the ball and kind of like evaluate the defense and know when to pass when to drive when to try to finish has really really improved all i I mean we can all say that phoenix you said it eddie phoenix isn't equipped for the wall but i'm not i'm not gonna blame it you know that 50 piece on the wall i'm gonna i'm you know you have to give props to Giannis. so i mean he, he proved me wrong he proved a lot of people wrong um and you know big ups to him by the end of the game you guys know me. I'm a big hater, right? So I was, I was, I was hating on the Phoenix Suns this whole time, wanting them to lose. But somewhere in the game, where it transitioned to like the two minute mark, it it transitioned from wanting the Suns to lose to really, really wanting Giannis to win. And I could really, really feel it. And I was getting like chills. When when did it, this it, happen? Because you was always one to yeah, no, no skill. I, I, I mean, just, I, okay. Duh, duh, duh. Again, it's duh, not duh. him. It's the media wanting to crown him. And now it's okay. It's uh, he deserves it. But back then, you can't tell me last year when everybody's telling me, you know, he's by far the MVP or all, all those two years. You can't tell me he was the best player alive. You can't. You couldn't tell he me. He was that. the best player in the regular season of the now, 2019 now I can listen to that. Now, now I can listen to that argument. Eddie, go ahead because I got words, but you, I, I don't want. Yeah, I think. I have three main takeaways. I think it's three. Well, number one, I think this is the best final series that I, like, remember vividly. Like, I, I have a kind whoa, of... Whoa, whoa, Excuse whoa, me? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, like, in terms of basketball products, like, drama, like, close drama? games throughout the season. LeBron coming back on, drama. Your, on your team, bro. But, like, they weren't close games until game seven. Granted, I think I think I think I think LeBron and Kyrie in that series put on like, you know, the two greatest like performances I probably have ever seen in like a final series. Um, but yeah, just in terms of like basketball product wise, I haven't felt as like enthralled as I have by this series since maybe and I don't even remember like 2010 like that, you know. So I can't even say for sure, you know, because I know that series went seven and you know the, the Derek Fisher shot and everything. But like I don't even remember that well, so this series really stands out because I, I, I felt like I was at the edge of my seat, really since game one. Even though the first two games didn't seem that close, like I felt like it was really close. Um, so that's my first takeaway. It it's it feels like the most exhilarating final series that I've watched. And then number two, the main thing is I'm just like really happy for the Bucks, and in the same way that Julio, you're talking about, you felt chills, um, you know, in those final two minutes. I feel like. I kind of like felt a similar sort of way where it's like I'm not a fan, you know, so I don't have like a ton of investment. But there's just something about like that winning moment, you know, like when that when that moment that the team feels like they have overcome the obstacles and you know everything in their way and they've you know pushed past it, and you can see like when Giannis is you know like crying right after the buzzer, and you can see you know when the team starts celebrating, it's like I feel like I've missed it because. You know, I think last year's finals, like, it was pretty much kind of a done deal. Like, Toronto's was cool. Like, I, I, I did like Toronto winning. But, you know, we had some, like, uh, like I guess you'd call it, like, uncompetitive finals 
or kind of like decided series. And this really felt like a situation where a team, like, you know, kept on fighting, fighting for seasons, you know, and gradually up until this point overcome. And, and you know, you can really tell when the players feel like they've, you know, hit the kind of mountaintop and they really accomplish it. And, that, and that's just really cool to see. I think that's really the essence of sport or competition. And mm-hmm. So, you know, I really love that. And then three, I, I think my final point is just about Giannis and how, like, this is probably, you know, when you talk about a comprehensive series, like a finals performance, it's, this is definitely up there in terms of, like, the pantheon of NBA finals performances, right? Like, it has to be in terms of just overall numbers. It, it's right up there with Brian performances. Yeah, not two not way, even two way two way dominance, clutch moments, you know, like iconic moments, things that will be put on like camera reels and replayed. You know, in history, you have the block, you have the alley oop, you have the stare down into the camera. I'm sure, mm. you know, ABC and ESPN and TNT will find a way to you know incorporate that into their like uh, uh, montages, you know, over and over and over again. So when you just talk about you know the moment, the production, all of that, like this has to. Like it's one of the greatest uh, final not, performances. Not ever. even, not even just finals performances. I, I'd say performances straight up, because, I mean, in the performance itself, you have to um, add into the add in the factor of the stage of the game. Now, I'm not saying everybody can just drop 40, 50 points in a regular season NBA game, but I mean the stage really elevates that, and to have to go to the free throw line, I, I think what, what was it, 19 times? And he made 17. Yeah, I mean that. There was a point in the game where I think he made like his first four or whatever it was. I was I I turned to uh, the person I was watching the game with, and I was like, "He's shooting free throws, not even well for Giannis. He's just shooting free throws, elite, like just for anyone." Yeah, uh, and he, he missed two that day, that. right? It was just two. He missed seventeen and nineteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's I mean, I mean, I, like I do want to quickly touch on that. Like I. I've said in the past, like, I think the marker of, like, the, the quote-unquote clutch athlete, maybe if not clutch, like, the most, like, steady athlete will be reflected in the free throws because that's the only time in the game when everything slows down and you actually have to take time to think, you know, have some, like, like your mental processing will start to, like, really weigh on you if you have any doubts. And, and we've seen Giannis in the past, you know, like, he would have trouble with that, like, he'd kind of take too long at the free throw line, but... You know, the thing about him, and we saw it in the Nets series, and we saw it again in, in you know, this finals, was that he's really not scared. And I think that's just the most impressive part. And that I think there's a lot of players that will shoot, you know, 45% from the line in the playoffs and try to shy away from going back to the line. And we just never saw that with him. And that, you know, in itself was such like a redeeming quality of Giannis throughout this whole playoff run. Yeah, I mean, I think you... You touched on it best, Eddie, that when you just, when you look at a team, right, and, and you see just a, a group of dudes, almost top to bottom, obviously you have Giannis and his story, everyone's familiar with him and his family, um, but then you even think about a guy like Chris Middleton, who, you know, hats off to you, Eddie, this is probably somewhat of a culminating moment of your Chris Middleton trutherism for literally since the amount of time that I've known you, you've been caping for the dude, and he had some you know, hell of performances in this series. Um, a guy like Drew Holiday, who kind of, you know, stuck in purgatory in New Orleans for so long, 
finally gets to go to a new situation and even having to climb his way out of a hole that he dug himself in at the beginning of the series to have some really good, impactful performances towards the end that really contributed to the win. You think about, you know, a dude like Brooke Lopez, right? Like, you know, borderline all-star when he was in Brooklyn, goes to L.A., it's not exactly hitting, goes to Milwaukee and really kind of solidifies a role that wasn't quite what he used to be, dropping 20 and 10, but it's something, you know, impactful in terms of being steady defensively. And then, you know, everybody and their mother, myself included, was saying, okay, this dude's going to get eaten alive on pick and rolls, but Chris Paul, he was able to hang. And that, that was a huge help to them having that size down low. You think about a guy like Mike Budenholzer, everybody and their mother, myself included. This dude is not able to adjust come game time. He coached a really great series. He's coached a really good playoff. So, yeah, just a lot of dudes that were counted out, you know, really just came through. And Giannis is kind of like the um, the the body that exemplifies all of that the most. Obviously, that's my guy. But I, I think it really um, it, it, it transcends to the entire team and how this is kind of like a group of guys that – um, really weren't supposed to be here. I think a lot of people had kind of made it up in their minds that they wouldn't be here. Yes, there were some circumstances that occurred that allowed for them to, you know, perhaps be there, you know, when, you know, if, if there was a healthy Nets, maybe it's a different situation. But all that doesn't matter. Like, that's all part of the game. Toronto has a ring because of injuries. Like, you know, any – and there's no ring that you can point to that's completely flawless, right? So it's, it's not – I think that any people trying to discredit this ring is a kind of – it doesn't make any sense, especially when you think about the feel-goodness of it. And just, yeah, Giannis is just such a dude, man. Such a, such a guy. I think we lost Julio. <laughs> I think he might be eating Cheetos somewhere else, so I guess this is just going to be the Reagan and Eddie show right now. Eddie, I do want to ask you about, like, on the Phoenix end of things, is this it for this team? I can't imagine Chris Paul is going to turn down his $44 million play option, right? But even if they do have all of their guys back, this is almost one of those runs that feels like that's not happening in a season where we don't see this many injuries. Uh, I mean, I don't know about that. Um, I also feel like Chris Paul might turn down that player option. If, you know, I think he has more guaranteed money on the table somewhere. Um, but I think we definitely saw in this series the limitations of Phoenix where – they played such like a perfect form of basketball you can you can say but that sort of like you know Spursian basketball perfection still had its limitations when you ran up on a team that had more length and more Mm -hmm. size and you know and and more athleticism and at the end of the day like your execution um just can't overcome that sort of physical prowess but that being said like phoenix is still a really solid team and, you know, Devin Booker is still only going to be 25 next year. Their core is extremely young. Um, and honestly, like, I would bet in Mikhail Bridges, you know, taking another step. Um, like, I mean, Jay Crowder is still going to be there. I guess the question is really, can they find, like, a point guard? And then, you know, can they find, I guess, another guard to play next to Devin Booker or, you know, find someone via trade or something like that? But I definitely wouldn't say that they can't contend anymore but the path was pretty wide open for them this year right and uh i guess they they have to have a lot of good like good circumstances again to end up in in the sort of finals moment but i mean the future should be bright for uh, bright for the suns which you know i know for like years everyone talked about the suns as this like horribly run franchise and you know any moment i guess they could snap back right into that mode but i I would say like not with my yeah i think 
that's one thing. Again, Monty's a great coach. Devin Booker's going to be there. Like, I think the future's going to be bright. Like, they're just going to be one of the teams that competes kind of like, like kind of like a Nuggets, I would say. You know, mm. like, they're going to be there. You know, maybe not a favorite, but they're going to be around. I still think there's some leaps to be had for DeAndre Hayden as well. Um, like, he showed flashes of all of what he could be, right, at certain points during the series. And then some, or not this particular series maybe, but the playoffs as a whole, there were points in time where it was like, yo, DeAndre Ayton, like people were trying to put him, this might be overkill, but people were trying to put him in conversation with Bam out of bio as well as that he was playing. So, yeah, Phoenix definitely has some strides to make and some young guys that they can develop. I mean, even a dude like Cameron Johnson, like have we seen what Cameron Johnson can be even close to it? He hasn't scratched the surface of what he can be, so there's definitely a future there for that team, Um, but in this Western Conference, it's going to prove to be difficult. um, I I bet I I bet um, I bet Monty Williams wished he coached the Lakers, huh, Reagan? No, heck no. That was some hater shit, though. That was some hater shit to say. That was some hater shit to say. You gonna you gonna bring it up about the Lakers, bro? Which I bet you he doesn't. I bet you he would he would not trade that season that he had with those dudes for a chip with the Lakers from last yeah. year. He would have hated. Did you see that offense that he ran? Well, maybe not in this particular series. It kind of became ISO ball. But you see the offense that he ran throughout the entirety of the season and then most of the playoffs. Bron and yeah. AD doing that? I don't know. No, they they're not. Have- they're not. They're not. And that's fine. To use a Julioism, that's fine. But Monty Williams, like, he, like Monty Williams and his team, and I think this is the biggest credit that you can say, they really did it their way. They they had their own identity as a team, and they coalesced together. You know you know what was his way? You know what was his way? What was his way? Julio? When they were up 17, and he kept Devin Booker and uh, DeAndre Aiden on the bench for long stretches of time, and they came back. And he refused to put them in. I mean, these are the things that you kind of learn as a when, coach. When it's a game six, game, game five, game six of crucial games, your players play 45 minutes a night. No time for rust. You got to go out there. I'm not going to make this the my. I, I refuse for this to become the Monty Williams bash show after everything that that dude showed throughout the series, like or throughout the season. Even in the class that he showed after the, the fact, right, when he goes into the locker room, some people were saying that was kind of, like, weird for him to take over their moment. But I think that's a really classy thing to do as a coach. It wasn't like he was in there for five minutes talking to everybody. Like, he came in there real quick, 20 seconds, like, yo, I don't want to interrupt y'all, but I just want to say hell of a series. Y'all made me better as a coach. Y'all made my team better. I appreciate y'all. Congratulations. Dip out. Like, that's a classy move by a, 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 what's already proven to be, like, a really just good person and good coach. Hey, I just want to give a shout out to everybody calling me out on my YouTube, bro. So, some uh, video I made a while back. Uh, it, it, I think it said, "Why Giannis will never win a championship." Yeah, because you was on some real hate no, 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 shit. No, 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 like no, we no, need to, we I, really need no, to have no, a discussion I'll, I'll here. I'll address it. I'll Let's have it. a dialogue. Let's I'll start. One. So, okay, I had to make the the what's it called the title of the video? What, what's that called? Um, Thumbnail. Thumbnail, yeah. No, no, no. Thumbnail's a picture. Well, whatever. I, I had to make the title. You were like clickbaiting. You were clickbaiting is what you were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, you were clickbaiting. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Exactly. now you got it. You were you, you on your Skip Bayless, skipping Shannon shit, and you so, got to bite the bullet now. No, that's okay. On the, cl- on the, on yeah. the title, yes. But a bunch of people coming after me in the comments, they, they clearly didn't watch my video. Mm-hmm. Because in the video, I clearly state... Giannis will never win a championship as the best player on this iteration of the Bucks. Meaning, 
No ball handler. That's such a no. far like reach to say why Giannis Antetokounmpo will never win a championship. No ball, no ball handler. On this no current like, iteration of the what? I, I said, I said in the offseason when we came in, they got a guy like Drew Holiday. They have a chance now. I said that. I said that. You, they, I mean, okay. Do they win this championship? Do they win this championship without Drew Holiday? No. No. no of okay not. then. Okay, but you, you, we not for the sake here. Act not, like Julio was sitting up here, like, yeah. Now they got Drew Holiday, like, yeah. No, and uh, I'm yeah. not, I'm not saying Giannis is the same. Giannis is the same, and, and you know the gap from last year to this year was Drew Holiday. He was a good, po- a, a good piece of, of that gap, and Giannis definitely improved. But they don't win the championship without Drew Holiday. Giannis not to the compo, top three player in the NBA, yes or no? No. Eddie. Yes. And we'll and we'll do this list when you know we'll when it comes time. Uh, no, no, I okay. Top I've five, this, Julio. I've said this. Yes in no? repeat, I've said this in past podcasts. People need to stop, please, please stop. He dropped me. fifty in Game Six when the entire team was set up to stop him. He no, dropped no, 50. they weren't. Monty Williams did not implement the wall because the wall they couldn't. No, it's just that, bro. Here's what happened. They tried he to build a wall, no. and he okay. knocked that okay. motherfucker I'm, down. I'm not gonna, I am not going to accept this. DeAndre Aiden was one-on-one a bunch of times on Giannis. And he was also was, getting guarded three-on-one a bunch of times. And, 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 and as a young player, it don't matter if you're a young player or you're an old player. How can you be this stupid if you guys on the computer, my computer, are Giannis? I cannot be here, right in front of you, if I'm DeAndre Aiden at the three-line. If you guys are Giannis, I got to be here, way, way back here. And I know our view, our, our listeners can't really see us, but he, why is he so high up? You know he's quicker than you. Monty Williams telling him something, and you guys didn't. I know, like I mentioned, I know that they don't have the personnel to build a wall just like Toronto. It's did. not a damn thing, Julio. That that team could have done to stop Giannis Antetokounmpo from doing no, what he did. No, no, I agree, I agree. But so what are we talking about? You there's more things that you could have done to help slow him down. That's true. That was a man on a mission, and I know you it's not have, the mission that you want to see because you want to see him. Ha ha, Hezzy, huh, step back. Huh, huh. You wanted them bag Twitter you know folks, all right? I'm, but I'll tell you I'm what. Sometimes your bag is just being big as shit. And being strong as no, shit. I mean, that's not a bag, but I mean, sometimes it's a, sometimes your bag is not like a, 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 a like that's a little. Not a, that's not see, a bag. It's not like a little that's Chanel bag. It's not like a little, you know, one of them sweets. Sometimes it's just a nice old lunch pail, and you just bring it in. <laughs> oh no, no, no! Look, look. First of all, it's go not around a bag. clanging number, it around. Number two, I never blame LeBron guys like LeBron, Giannis, or anyone else. I always tell players like. Just drive when there's any uncertainty at all. Just drive the ball. And who's who's best built to drive the ball? Giannis and LeBron. So when all hell breaks loose, just drive and get a foul call. And props to Giannis for not being afraid of the free throw line. But that's not a bag. I don't Number feel two. like you're 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 atoning for your sins against Giannis enough here. I'm gonna be honest. I feel like there's a more atonement that needs to be had. Okay. But I said in my YouTube video, they're going to need a kind of lead guard to help stabilize the offense. That's what they got even, to even, Okay, even in the context of, of this, like maybe, okay, let's just take game six, right? Was that 50 points because you had a lead guard to stabilize the offense? Or was that Giannis literally just no, being I mean, fucking Giannis? He, he improved, and 
uh, uh, Bud, uh, yeah, Coach Bud, there's another problem. When I said this iteration of the Bucks, I also meant building your offense around Giannis and Giannis only. What was the issue we talked about last Giannis year? Giannis dropped uh, 50 when, of their 103 points. When you're, I, I know, when you're one-dimensional, and he has improved from last year to this year, when you're one-dimensional on offense, and your whole offense is one-dimensional because it's solely about Giannis driving and kicking, then you're going to get screwed. This year, they kind of fixed that. So they changed. They changed. I will say, I mean, to, to, to your point, right, they've embraced both Giannis and Budenholzer have embraced using Giannis as a screener more, but in this particular game, can we not just say, like, that yeah, this was I mean, an example of a player being as dominant as we've ever seen a player yeah, be on a I basketball mean, court ever? It, it, was ever. Really, it was really otherworldly, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to rewatch the game, and every butt. time I see him, I see DeAndre Ayton on a freaking island against Giannis, up too close to him, I'm going to take a picture and I'm going to send it to the group chat. And here's gonna, the thing, Julio. Here's, here's what you got to I mean, understand. I, I mean, by the way, we also should not just ignore that DeAndre Ayton, one of the most gifted, like, physical athletes in the NBA in terms of his size, you know, like, strength and mobility, looked like completely lost. Like, especially in game six, you can see it in his eyes. He was, like, completely he had shit for out him. of it. And I know, like, you know, we talk about, like, Bam is the Giannis stopper or whatever. But, you know, like, Aiton would be the type of physical profile that you would assume could be able to handle Giannis one-on-one to, like, a certain extent, right? And it, and it clearly, like, was not the case at all. So I'm just saying, like, we shouldn't gloss past the fact that there, there might just be no such thing as a Giannis stopper in the NBA yes, no. if a guy like Aiton can't do it. That's true, and DeAndre. This is what I said last podcast. DeAndre Ayton is strong; he's he can move well, but he's not quick. But even if you have a guy like that who's like built to, if there's anyone built to stop Giannis, he might be built to stop Giannis athletically and, and you know visually. But even even that by itself, you can't just rely on that. Money, you got to know that all throughout this series, Giannis had like forty pieces in, in some of the games. You have to, you can't leave him on an island. The, I mean, to me, I, they were not leaving him on an island. There was it, definitely there help was sometimes. Sometimes it was an island when it was a breakdown, but they were helping. You know, on the on the you know weak side, they were they were doubling on catching the post. I was seeing du- especially like, when he was in the midst of this fifty point game, they were like doubling and triple teaming, and he was still either rising bro, up and going bro. over it, or okay, they were kicking now. out. Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse, literally told the Raptors he takes one dribble from the three point line. There's two guys on it. That's not what Monty Williams did. That's not, no. Admittedly, that's not what Monty Williams did. You can't build a wall in the freaking paint. You got to build a wall up there and down here. That's that's a fair point. They didn't. They they waited till he got kind of positioned in the post to really start helping de- defensively. And I, and props to Giannis still. He made his free throws and he made he did make some shots. By the way, it he did make some shots. I wanted to bring that shit up too. Thank you for bringing. He was he gave you a little bit of like he gave you a little head high and then pulled. Like what more some do you Dirk, want? Some Dirk fadeaways. He gave you. He gave you all of that, Julio. Yeah, that's what I, that, It's like I always try to say. AD needs to drive more and then step out. And he can obviously step out more than Giannis. But that's what players need. Like like Giannis need to do. Focus on your strengths. Ignore your weaknesses. Divert. Make the offense more diverse and play your game. Don't try to be KD. Don't try to be anyone else. Be Wilt and Shaq. That's it. 
That's it. Wilt and Shaq. We're adding Wilt to the to the yeah. list. I'm of wondering why Wilt stuff. was added. Can you expound on that? Because it used to um, just be Shaq. The other day, I, I was thinking about like who might be a modern comp because when people think of Shaq, they think of like just this big fat dude dunking on people. But when he was with the Orlando, when I say Shaq, I mean like Orlando Magic, LSU, like that slender Shaq who was able to move up and down the court really, really nicely. But I was thinking, who who's a, who might be a better comp? that people can kind of visualize. And I, I think it's Will Chamberlain. I mean, track star and, and just... Can people third. visualize... What, is there, like, visual footage of Will Chamberlain playing basketball somewhere? I'm sure there is. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know how I feel about Will. I feel like Will, like, people be underrating him all the time. But, man, I'm, I'm just... We're gonna have to. Uh, we're gonna so, work on it over the coming episodes. Like, so, we're, just as much as you're, you harped on um, being right about the heat... I need that same energy, but in being wrong about Giannis, because you, I, 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 yeah, I, I told wrong. you so. I told you so. I told you. Remember that I shit? That's in, the, that's in our. I mean, that's in our. Uh, I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. Well, he now improved, what? You know, he improved his. He, he improved two things: his decision making and like playmaking, passing, knowing uh, when you know doubles are coming, and, and you know you can't just drip, not dribbling into freaking double and triple team. He improved that part. Second thing he improved on, he totally, like, he almost totally stopped, just stopped trying to be Kobe and KD. Stop doing these hesitation jump. How many of those did you see in this series? He, in the series, he hit a decent number, like, uh, maybe in okay, terms of the ones that I saw, I'm saying, I'm saying I can remember this. five or six that were like, okay. Okay, I'm saying this compared to how he usually played. It took an an intense decline. I won't, they, I feel I don't think it took an intense decline. I feel like there was a certain confidence about it that he did not have before. Like it would almost be like a ah oh, shit they're giving it to me I gotta take it you know what I mean versus like oh, I'm pulling this shit and I'm making it because I'm Giannis out to the compo and I have a bag and I have I a bag the they're most, just not ready for it. I think the it. most threes he shot in a game were two. That's exactly how you should play it. The max threes you should shoot. Is one. If you make it, maybe shoot two. You miss it, stop. That's how he should play. Is he a top five player, Julio? Huh? Is he a top five player? You cannot tell me. You can't look me in the face and tell me that he's not a top five player. I'll give him five. So that means he's Luca and Harden. One of them, he's usurping. Oh, you know who I'm choosing. Between those two. But I mean, you like yeah. We'll get, we'll, we'll get to the, the but, top no, players. I wanted, I, wanted, I wanted to pose a question. Pose um, it. So, going uh, back uh, back a little bit to the Suns, what are you guys doing with Chris Paul? Oh, three he's taking his player option. Th- three years, $100 million. He's, he's taking his player option. That's $44 million on the table. He's not walking no, he's, uh No, he's, he's not. He's getting, he's no, no, no. That, he'd be stupid if he took the player option. Why? Because he's getting, yeah, he's getting. But he's gonna get so many more years. Wait, 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 wait. Break it down. No, no, no. Maybe I'm missing something. Reagan, Reagan, you have the mentality of uh, like before the season, it wasn't like an automatic thing. Oh, Chris Paul is taking the player option no matter what. Right now, how he played throughout the playoffs, now it's almost like he'd be stupid to take the player option, and he's automatically he's he's gonna drop that and sign a new contract. So you're saying I'm gonna get like. 35 over 3 rather than this 44 over 1. Because yes. I don't think he gets 45. Not 35. 
But I think he gets like three, three years ninety, three years a hundred is like a good number. No, no, but what I'm posing to you guys is that he opts out, which he's probably gonna do. Do you do that as the Suns GM? Mm. He wanted. I he mean, wants. He wants three years a hundred, and I agree with Eddie. It might not be that, but let's say it's three ninety. I'm not sure what the cap situation is. That's the thing. They got to sign DeAndre Aiden. They got to sign. Uh, so that's the thing. Yeah, if, if Aiden is still on his rookie deal next year, and like Bridges and Demar as well, like that means they might have like a, some cap space. But I, I could be getting it wrong because if they do, they should look younger, obviously. Um, but if they don't, like Chris Paul is probably your best option, unless you want to like sign and trade or something. But there's probably nothing good out there because you obviously want a guard, or, like a point. Um, you know, but but there's not a lot of great options out there. I mean, you can try to get Ricky Rubio back again. Like he was pretty good for him. You know that that but was good last Ricky year. Rubio, so, bro. <laughs> do you sign him or not? Three years, ninety. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I don't feel like he has the longevity to be worth three years over ninety. That might be one of those Russell Westbrook contracts pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, it's just I mean, contract was already supposed to be one of those worst. Russell Westbrook contracts. Yeah, but I mean, you saw even the injury stuff that he was dealing with throughout the series. It's just like, it's getting to be a lot. He's what, 38 now? That's from 36. 36? Yeah. I like he's 40. Well, (laughs) I mean, I would say, like, if they had drafted, like, Tyrese Halliburton and they had, like, you know, a guard in there, like, I would say it, but, you know, you're going to have, like, Campaign and Devin Booker and, you know, like, no third guard, basically. So it's. And I just want to say, um, what, was, what was the scenario? Damn, I forgot. But um, with or without Chris Paul going into next year, what? Because uh, they're obviously not going to be favorites. They're they're not going to be favorites to to make the finals. Where do you see them with and without Chris Paul getting bounced in the playoffs? Or do you see them making it to the finals? With. First or second round, without first round, I don't feel like the difference is that much, given the talent wow. that the West has. I, yeah. I, I think the difference is one to two rounds, though. You say I it think, might be equivalent. I mean, I, I told Reagan this while you were like away, Julio, but I said that I feel like they're going to be like a Devin, a Denver Nuggets ish team, like with or without Chris Paul, like the same sort of like energy. You know what I mean? Like, probably, like, a second-round exit. You know, maybe if they, like, get hot, you know, conference finals exit. But I do want to say, like, Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson were really good in this final series, and we didn't get to see, like, them do a lot of stuff because, again, Milwaukee played Phoenix to, you know, play the iso ball, play that, you know, take those tough mid-range shots, and Chris Paul and Devin Booker obliged. But, again, Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges had, you know, a ton of, cool stuff like a lot of good stuff in the series and if Chris Paul is not there next year we'll, we'll probably see them with more usage a higher you know role and I think we'll see them do like like you know take take another step so this might this might be unpopular but I think I'd like Cam Johnson more than Bridges how do you guys that is feel unpopular. about that? I, I would disagree I would you disagree. would rather have Bridges I'd rather have Bridges yeah I, I just think Cam Johnson can do more off the dribble and his shooting is there too. I can I can kind of see it. Is I mean I think Bridges is like defense is still really like. But really Cam Johnson is just bad. So. 
You just it's like, like he has size. He's a better shooter. He's baby Michael Porter Jr. No, I'm kidding. I pulled that straight up my ass. Um, no, I think it, it would definitely be interesting to see what sort of um, improvements those two could make with more usage. Um, and perhaps Chris Paul being out of the door um, opens that for them. But at the same time, does it then hinder the totality of their offense not having that sort of steadfast leader? Um, so, wait, 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 Reagan. So you would be okay with letting Chris Paul, go, going back to this really quickly, you would be okay with letting Chris Paul walk if Monty Williams gets pissed off and Devin Booker gets pissed off. Because they're going to be pissed off. Well, if my coach and my best player wanted him, then yeah, I'm a servant leader. I'm so, a servant leader. If they want, if they want to keep him, like yeah, I'm not gonna piss off my head coach that got me to the damn NBA Finals and my superstar, who's dropping forty in the NBA Finals. Damn, three ninety five, three three years. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna do, bro. Here's here's, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but like. GMs who just think they can run shit without like oh, any yeah. regard for like what their coaches and their players want, that's not how that rolls, bro. At all, not it's not this- disregarding, but if you want to keep making it back to the stage, like shouldn't Chris Paul maybe, you know, I don't know, realize that maybe three years isn't the greatest team thing if you want to keep winning? I mean, I would just, uh, I mean, again. We're talking about leadership philosophy here. I don't think that's the direction this podcast needs to go. I do need to leave soon. But I would say, you know, Monty, Devin, here are the ramifications of what you're saying on our books. Here's what it means for us as a team five, ten years down the line. This is what it means for your future here. If that's something that you're comfortable with, I will stand by you in doing this. But understand this is what it looks like. So that way, when Devin Booker wants to come to me three years down the line saying, I'm in cap hell and all my team sucks. Well, I'm like, Devin, three years ago, you told me you wanted this, and I stood by with you. You know what I'm saying? And he'd probably dip on me anyway. You should be a politician, bro. He (laughs) probably... No. (laughs) You know how many times I've been told that? I'm good on it. I'm good on it. You should be a politician. Yeah, I'm good on it. I don't do bureaucracy. Um, But yeah, man. I don't even know how to spell bureaucracy. I'm just kidding. B E A U. No, B B U. We not cold like that one girl who be hooping and doing the spelling bee on the side yeah. just for the hell of it. <laughs> She's crazy. I forget her name, but shout out to her. But y'all, I do have to go. I apologize for my short time today, but we are going to be releasing two episodes this week, or I guess not this week, but within the last. Sorry, sorry. Before you leave, the last point I want to make, and I might make it later as well. The last two championships are by teams with not great three-point shooting percentages. So I just want to say that. Size still matters in the NBA. Stick to what you're good at. And, like, I'm I'm not saying don't get three-point shooters, but I just want to say, like, getting the ball inside still works. So that's the last one. There you go. Barbecue chicken. That's how we're going to end this podcast. Thank you all so much. Did anyone say, sorry, did anyone Damn. say that Jack wouldn't work in today's NBA? That, that's it. All right. Anything else? Uh, you know, let me get my piece in. Damn. Giannis, like, like a, okay, like a year ago, everyone saying, you know, Giannis has flaws, whatever. You know, he needs to work on his flaws. But, you know, now he's 26, a two-way dominant star with a great future ahead of him and all of his, you know, sidekicks locked up for four more years. Julio, don't you do it. Shout out out to Eddie for always preaching. This is what Giannis listened to. He listened to to Eddie specifically. He doubled down on his strengths. Who gives a damn about your weaknesses? 
There you go. Double down on your strengths and don't worry about all that others. There don't be go. KD. Be Shaq. There you go. There you go. Are we good? Are we all right? We straight? Gucci? Cool. Thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. Hoop and Holler, you already know what it is. Go follow the socials at Hoop Holler Pod. Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. I really got to go. Thank you all for tuning in. We will see you next time. This has been the Hoop and Holler Podcast.